Yeah, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, June 2nd, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. Joining me is twitch.tv slash Andy Cortez. Good morning, Blessing. And good morning, Nicki Minaj. Good morning. Uh, Andy, I'm going to need your best Nicki Minaj impression right here, right now. Don't want to find it, find it. Oh, that was really good. I really, I really thought you monster. were going to say good morning to monster. me, but okay. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> See, for some reason, Blessing started the morning by singing uh, verses from the Kanye West song, Monster. And immediately that song just goes in your head. And now we've just sort of been imitating Nicki Minaj's verse. But I don't know the words. I just know the hooks and how the sounds are. And that's all the morning has been. And Barrett has just been... He's exhausted I would, I would. No, uh, you, you know my what? Best. Again, two Nicki thirds Minaj of monster, right fucking, fucking great. And I won't, I will never get tired of uh, listening to two thirds of monster. There's the, there's the one third don't we forget, don't talk about. Don't, for, don't forget that Rick Ross is also on that song. <laughs> oh, we wait, all forget really? three fourths. He's the first verse on that song. You're right. We all forget you're, it. Yeah, we all hate on right. Jay Z on that song, but Rick Ross okay, starts so off that song. Three fourths of the song. Great. It's like the preamble, you know, it's yeah. like the prologue. You know? yeah. It really is. It's the forward that, you, you know, maybe you get a new book. It smells really nice. You see the forward is written by, I don't know, some guy. And you're mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, I'll just read it. Yeah. And sure, maybe I let might just get in through it. Yeah. Let me just get it into the actual content. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel you. Uh, Andy, we got no time to waste because we have a whole lot to talk about. So let's talk about Nintendo's E3 being officially announced, a retailer leaking the Nintendo Switch Pro some more, and a Nintendo Museum, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live, right here on Twitch.tv, uh, slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Uh, will some of that news be breaking news that is happening as I'm reading through this preamble? Yes, it is. If you're watching this live, you can correct it so we get stuff wrong. We're going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames gamesreceive.com or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you we got a new kind of funny games cast that is up right now uh, and it's the highly anticipated e3 slash summer game fest predictions episode it's greg it's tim it's andy it's me making our boldest and wildest predictions on what we can expect this summer there are 40 total predictions made between the four of us uh uh, that's up right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe and you even get more predictions if you listen to the to the post show and so go check that out because it was a blast all us all just speaking out of our ass just making our best uh uh, uh predictions and you know what i think i think we're gonna have a solid 15 to 20 percent of them come true that's my prediction Oof, that's I another mean, prediction on top of our predictions once people listen to uh what happens with the xbox controller people are gonna be shocked People are, people are going to be shocked about the big change coming <laughs> to the Xbox controller at E3 2021. Thank you for that Th one, Greg. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack and Tom Bach. Today, we're brought to you by DoorDash and Magic Spoon. But I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> it's time for some news. We have seven stories today. A Baker's cousin. Don't worry, don't worry, blessing. I can hear him from his room, 
Okay, he was still we going. We couldn't hear him here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, the, when you guys references reference this, when like whenever my voice like cuts out or whatever, the like the kids can't hear that. They actually hear me. It's Discord that's fucking with it. It's like the Discord gating that's fucking it on your guys. Yeah, because you're yeah. you're popping through the OBS. Yeah, you're popping through OBS. Yeah. Uh, and and by the way, to one of our Patreon producers, Tom Bach, who asked, um, is is Biomutant worth it? Um, no, I gave up on it. And it looks like they are going to fix everything in the game. So oh. hopefully it gets better. Oh, that's very exciting. Yeah. Andy, let's start off with our story number one. Nintendo has officially announced their E3. I'm pulling from Tom Warren at The Verge. Nintendo is holding an E3 event on June 15th, and the company promises it will be focused uh, exclusively on Nintendo Switch games, mainly releasing in 2021. The Nintendo Direct presentation will begin at 9 a.m. Pacific time on June 15th, and Nintendo will hold three hours of gameplay deep dives once the event has concluded. Nintendo's wording suggests we won't be seeing anything hardware-related at the company's E3 show. A Switch Pro has been rumored for months, which, uh, with recent reports suggesting it may be announced ahead of E3. If a new Switch is imminent, Nintendo's E3 show would be the perfect opportunity to show how, how games uh, run at 4K uh, and to demonstrate the power of NVIDIA's latest chip and DLSS support. As E3 kicks off in virtual form on June 12th, there are only 10 days left to see if Nintendo is ready to announce an updated Switch ahead of E3. Uh, to add a little bit more context, Nintendo tweeted out about this this morning. Uh, their tweet reads like this. Nintendo at hashtag E3 2021, June 15th, 9 a.m. Pacific time. Tune in for a Nintendo Direct with roughly 40 minutes of info focused exclusively on hashtag Nintendo Switch software, mostly, mostly releasing in 2021, followed by around three hours of gameplay and Nintendo Treehouse Live. Andy, we did our whole predictions episode yesterday talking all about what to expect from E3. That was before we got this big announcement from Nintendo, giving us a little bit more insight about what we can expect from E3. 40 minutes of a Nintendo Direct. Andy, does that do anything for you and your hype? Oh my gosh, of course it does. 40 minutes of not only software, but software that is mostly releasing in 2021. That's the huge part of this tweet that is kind of insane to me, because I think that in the back of my mind, I've been playing this a lot safer and assuming that everything is 2022 now, just with just with COVID and how it's affected everything. I've just kind of like, if something gets delayed to 2022, I'm not surprised. I'm sort of preparing myself for the sadness, right? But good Lord. I mean, this is huge news. Uh, you know, I'm really starting to wonder what are the exact titles that we're going to get? And, you know, is it going to be the Donkey Kong game? Is it going to be, I mean, surely it won't be Metroid Prime 4 because they're just, they just hired like a new, whatever writer i feel like metroid prime 4 is always <laughs> coming out with news that they're hiring a new programmer or a new gameplay designer or whatever um mm -hmm. but i mean we got to assume breath of the wild 2 we got to assume um i mean shoot splatoon 3 is that even oh, a, is that a yeah. possibility you know that's a good call i mean yeah i wouldn't be surprised if that showed up there because we now we've gotten the um we got the announcement trailer uh for that recently that's the thing that's very exciting for this for me is that i think sky's the limit when it comes to what they can show off 40 minutes of content i think that is a that that points to a substantial direct which isn't surprising because it's e3 and nintendo usually does do substantial directs around e3 but it, you know nothing's ever really a given especially when it comes to nintendo and so i'm excited to see that we're getting that length them saying that it's uh focused on software 
mostly releasing in 2021. That's hype because I think that does speak to the fact that they're going to fill out this year. And for a year that is filled with question marks from Nintendo, that's really cool. We know we're getting uh, uh, Mario Golf. We know we're getting uh, yes. No More Heroes. And we know that we're getting Pokemon. But that's about it. And so the idea that we're going to get 40 minutes of content focused on stuff, uh, more stuff that's coming out, um, I think we can expect that to hopefully fill out the year a bit more. Um, that, along with three hours of gameplay at Nintendo Treehouse Live, that gets me excited because that feels like we're truly, like, nature is healing. It's real. We're truly yeah. getting back to, to E3. Uh, and they're truly going to have something to show. And I guess my question is, like, what is the tentpole? And is it really Breath of the Wild 2? You know, like that's that's the prediction. I think that's what we're mostly confident in because it feels like it's time. We've had reports about Nintendo Switch Pro, and with Nintendo Switch Pro, you imagine that they want to time that uh, somewhere along the lines with the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Do you think we're gonna get substantial uh, content out of that? Do you think at that treehouse we're gonna get a lot of uh, Breath of the Wild two gameplay? Uh, I'm kind of worried about it only because I. I don't know if the Treehouse would do anything pro-related, and I think that they are going to want to have Breath of the Wild 2 and the pro, or whatever the hell we're going to call it, I think they want to have them really go hand-in-hand hand with with one another, and, you know, not you not be able to mention one without the other, because you're going to see this much bigger world and a higher frame rate and a better resolution, and I don't think Treehouse Live is the place to do that. I think maybe we see a lot of Pokemon. I think maybe we see... I mean, shoot, with the with the news that Pokemon Arceus is out in February, maybe we see stuff about Arceus Legends. Arceus chat, let me know. Um, I'm not reading chat, it, but just... It, the, science is still, let me know. the science is still out on that. Yeah, we're still waiting on that? Okay. Yeah, yeah I yeah. knew the science commu- community was kind of still working on that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know, Bless. I don't know if we show Breath of the Wild 2 if this is sort of promised to not be a hardware show. Like, I don't know if they say... Here's Breath of the Wild, and also, and here's Breath of the Wild, you know, up to three hours of gameplay. Even though I'm sure we're going to see a lot of other games in that three-hour gameplay sure. session for yeah. sure, but I, I don't know if we do that immediately um, without at least acknowledging that the Switch Pro exists. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that brings this... us to the... oh yeah, sorry, bless, go ahead. Oh well, I was gonna say that brings us to the next question of like, do we, we got what ten days? Do left we get before... it before that? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's like, exactly in the what next ten days. Ask. Do we see it? Um, and I mean, we'll get. Uh, go for it, Barrett. There was last week where I, I forget who it was. Was like uh, someone had asked uh, someone with like kind of knowledge of what's going on with Nintendo of like, oh, like is there going to be an announcement in like the next day or two? And they had like responded with like the little sh- smiley face uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. emoji. And so like the expectation was that they were going to reveal it last week. Um, and so do, yeah, do we think they're going to want to get ahead of it? Uh, maybe either tomorrow or Friday or something like that. Because the the theory is that they might want to show it off before E three officially starts, so other other uh, developers can be like, oh, and this is coming to the new Nintendo Switch. Um, it's possible. Yeah. The, again, I mentioned in the in the games cast that I don't really know how that presentation looks. It's weird for me to ex- It's weird for me to imagine a hardware presentation from Nintendo that is all about you know updated gpu and higher frame rate and resolution that doesn't seem like a very nintendo thing to talk about um again when i think of nintendo hardware presentations i think of 
the silly gimmicky stuff that I, I can hear four ice cubes in this Joy-Con and and you you dock the switch and you could take it on the go. Like I picture silly kind of more fun hardware presentations like that as opposed to oh this is going to get you how many more teraflops in the last uh, GPU yeah. in the old uh, in the old switch. So I don't know even know maybe that isn't even a Nintendo thing. Maybe it's a a blog or a press release or something through exclusively through the verge or through, you know, Forbes or whatever the hell, you know, it's, it's, it's hard for me to imagine a hardware presentation that Nintendo puts out. That is a, their, their own direct technology driven. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think when it comes to, when it comes to Nintendo and how they operate with that stuff, I don't think that it, it I don't think the hardware stuff ever feels like it is substantial in a way that is worth bragging about you know like i don't think nintendo's ever the ones where they're like oh and you can play this at 1080p you know because it's never really amazing news for playing switch 4k on your tv that's cool that's awesome and i think that's going to be very exciting but i don't think that is one of those bullet points that is worth necessarily having like a big technical breakdown i think that's stuff that you can get across in a quick announcement or a blog post or a or a tweet to go hey we're putting out a new model of the switch this is what it can do 4k finally games are going to look uh, a bit better then at e3 you do focus on the games and it's an exclusive digital uh, foundry video here's breath of the wild one running on the old thing here's how it loads up here's yeah. greg trying to load up what was it animal crossing that took him like two yeah, and a half like minutes, minutes or whatever yeah. to even just start up the game here's how it loads up on the new processor you know i i, I see a lot of outlets doing it but maybe not necessarily nintendo but Nintendo are the ones to show off it. Here's how a, the Nintendo 3DS screen works when you're looking at it and you change, you know, that all those very fun gimmicky hardware things uh, are very Nintendo. I don't see them showing off what their frame rate, you know, enhancements have become. I want to keep going with this conversation, and this conversation does continue with story number two. Before I get to story number two, chat, everybody listening, I am aware of the breaking news, and we're yeah. going to get to breaking I, news. I literally have story a poll up that isn't even a poll that's just, we know about God of War, and then you could go in and select uh, one of the four options. Uh, oh, cool, or five options. Oh, cool, gotcha, hi, Barrett, Andy rocks, and Greg sucks. Currently. The news Perfect. Thank is you, that I'm, uh, I'm in the game, everybody. Wow. Oh, shit. Wow. Are you voicing? Yeah. Are you voicing? Uh, who you'll have to wait and see. Let's you'll have oh, to wait shit. and see. But oh, his name, or his it? name rhymes with blues. Oh shit! Zeus. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm Zeus, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Story number two: Switch Pro has reportedly been listed at a French retailer. This is Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle. Nintendo's expected new Nintendo Switch hardware model has reportedly been listed at a French retailer at the price of 399 euros. This, the supposed listing was shared on social media after French publication Centro, uh, which previously leaked Pokemon's Diamond and Pearl remakes before their official announcement, claimed it had verified a retail listing for a new Switch SKU uh, set to go live on Friday, June 4th. If accurate, the 399 price point would place the Nintendo Switch at 100 euros more than the current model. Of course, the price, along with the listing itself, could be a placeholder unrelated to official product information. Um, I wanted that added context there for the conversation we just had, right? Like, it feels like this thing is imminent. And in a lot of ways, it feels like it has to be imminent, given reports, given rumors, given insiders, given all that stuff. Um, and so, yeah, that's one, to, I guess, to keep an eye out for, right? Like, every single day I wake up and there's not a Nintendo Switch Pro announcement. I'm like, why, God? Why? Um, God, you got well, to assume that it's still coming. Bless, get your browser ready with all of your credit card information. Have that shit prepared and ready oh my to God, go. Yeah. Because 
good lord i i really hope this thing comes out before i end up going back home for several weeks because i i don't want to go home with my old switch no chance in hell no chance in home this piece of garbage is going home with me bless you know what else isn't going home with you uh mm. this year god of war ragnarok oh, story bless. number three it's official it's been delayed. Uh, I'm pulling from a PlayStation blog post that went up as we started this show. It's a Q&A from Herman Holst uh, over at PlayStation Studios. Uh, they do a whole, uh, uh, I guess, Q&A, right? Uh, back and forth. Frequently asked questions post. Uh, hidden in this Q&A, they do talk about God of War Ragnarok. Uh, the question goes like this. The question is, how have the teams at PlayStation Studios been able to cope and adapt with these big challenges over the last year? The answer goes like this. This is from Herman. Perhaps the biggest challenge has been when we all... Uh, hold on, let me start that over. Perhaps the biggest challenge has been when we need specialist locations, often physical locations. Primarily, pri primarily performance capture, audio work. We've come up with some really clever solutions to some of this. We built tiny recording studios in people's houses. But when you're doing performance capture for a lot of cinematics uh, with multiple actors, that's not so simple to solve. So you've got a choice. You could do it later in the schedule, which could cause you problems, or you could risk the final quality by doing it in a different way. But I can tell you, we're not going to risk the quality. We want to ship extremely high-quality games, finished games, and we have to do that obviously without pushing our teams to the breaking point. So we have, currently, two very big, very narrative-driven games in development, Horizon Forbidden West and the next God of War. And for both of those, they're frankly affected by access to performance capture and talent. For Horizon, we think we are on, we are on track to release this holiday season, but that isn't quite certain yet. Uh, and we're working hard as we can to confirm, uh, confirm that to you as soon as we can. And for God of War, the project started a little later, so we've made the decision to push that game out to next year to ensure that Santa Monica Studio can deliver the, the amazing God of War game that we all want to play. With these things, something's got to give. It cannot be the quality of our titles, and it surely won't be the health of our uh, the health or the well-being of our amazing team. So there you have it. We can blame Milana for this. We can Damn. blame Milana. We know Milana, it's all her Milana fault. Milana Pierce, how dare um, you? That this is kind of surprising to me, bless, because I feel like a product and a project this big would be a lot more demanding. And I'm glad that they're not being kind of overly power driven and making people do whatever they want. Like for some reason, I would have expected a project this big to say, "We'll fly out everybody we need. We'll get everybody COVID tested. Yeah. We'll have people. We'll have staff on hand." We'll have we'll be in our big mocap studio like we usually are, even though so and so is maybe, you know, in in London working from home. We still fly them out here because we are that big. We are Sony Santa Monica. We are making the next the follow up to a game of the year, one of the best games ever. Um, so I am kind of surprised by that, that they have that they resorted to making studios in people's garages. I wasn't expecting that at all. And I think that's. I, I'm happy by that, honestly. <laughs> it makes mm -hmm. me happy that they are sort of that they're working in a way that seems almost like an indie studio would make would work, where they're just kind of working with what they got, which is interesting to me. Um, I don't think any of us are surprised that this is delayed to 2022, um, and I will look forward to playing it when it comes out. Thank you, Corey Barlog, for all your hard work. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't think this is a, a surprise given that it's being delayed, period. I think we all expected God of War Ragnarok not to make 2022. I love that they're giving us context around why, and they gave us that context around both God of War Ragnarok and Horizon Forbidden West. It's nice to hear them be like, hey, yeah, we're not completely even sure about Horizon Forbidden West, and we think we're on track for this holiday season, um, but you know, we'll have to wait and see and get closer to understand where we're at with it. I think that is a very open and honest way way to approach it especially given that they never really gave us a window for horizon forbidden west they just said 2021 um and so for them to even say the words holiday season uh again super cool super awesome of them uh and yeah like i'm with you right take your time put out a good game it's nice to see it's nice to have the insight that what's holding what seems to be holding up the most is getting talent uh uh to the studio to do the mocap to do the performance stuff um for god of war especially that's the game that's going to live and breathe on that performance Mm -hmm. that mocap uh that's what made god of war one uh uh uh, having that dynamic between uh atreus and kratos and all the other all the characters in the game having it be as technically impressive as it is that's going to go a long way uh, toward ma- making God of War Ragnarok 2 or God of War Ragnarok um, uh, live up to the first one, right? Like you have to have that focus on it. You have to make sure you get that right. And you have to make sure you're treating uh, your performers well, or else people might get pissed off, right? People might be like, hey, actually, PlayStation doesn't care about us and yeah. we're going to go on strike or we're going to uh, uh, demand to be treated better or whatever it may be. The fact that they're putting their their workers first here, I think, is an awesome thing. So good for them. Can't wait. Can't wait to play. Can't wait. Andy, let's move on to story number four. We're going back to Nintendo. Uh, one more Nintendo story. Nintendo is opening up a museum. This is Marie de la Sandry at gamesindustry.biz. Oh, wait, I, I also didn't. Oh. One sec. I'm, I also hadn't checked that, uh, that quote about it being cross-gen. Wait. Hold on. Did they mention that in the game? Yeah, they, also? They, yeah. They, they talked about that as well. Uh, of oh. God of War and I think uh, whatever the racing game Gran is. Gran Turismo being, 7. Yeah, being, mm. both being cross-gen. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, That's... that one doesn't surprise me either. Like uh-huh. there are a lot of there are a yeah. lot of PS4s out there, right? And like as PlayStation, you want to sell the game. Um, and yeah. God of War coming off of God of War 2018, you imagine that the turnaround is going to be quicker because they're basing it off of that that game, right? They're basing it off that architecture, and so we're like, going to have all the it's same. More of questions. an iterative one. We're going to have all the same questions. I mean, there there will be how does there it run will be, on the base. There will be a <laughs> PS5 enhancements and shit like that. So like uh, PS5 owners will, I I think, will get a little bit more bang for their buck and shit like that. But yeah, interesting. I, 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 I get the, give me a good. I mean, how does the how does the parry mechanic though feel on a PS5? There mm. is the question that I. I mean, it felt pretty I good on the, the, bottom the PS4 Pro, Andy. So you can we'll imagine we'll it's only better that. on the PS5. I can't. You know what's going to be really cool? Experiencing God of War quiet. Like I, I still haven't played yeah. the new one on yeah. the PS5, and I'm definitely going to check that out. Damn, yeah. that's. I mean, look, it it makes sense, right? Again, like you mentioned, bless. There are way too many units out there that they don't want to lose out on. But god dang, I really thought this would have been the sort of cutoff point mm-hmm. of the I, I wonder what the cutoff point even is. You know, is it yeah. whatever the next naughty dog thing that's being put out? Is that sort of the I mean Ratchet and first... Clank? Ratchet and Clank is PS5 exclusive, right? Returnal is I guess they did exclusive. that with, with Demon's I, Souls as well. I think for them it is that balance of 
what are our highest sellers and what like what are the games that feel like they need to to come out uh crush gen in order to get that return um because by next year how many ps5s are going to be out there especially right now where there are supply constraints and you do have to um work around the the semiconductor shortage you have all that stuff affecting it i'm sure for them they're like no we still we we still have to we still have to sell these things like we still have to sell software and we also don't want to leave our um uh previous generation behind yet you know i'm going to bring in a question i was going to save this question uh for later in the show bring it I, can in. Do, I, can, I can bring it in right bring now it in. uh man this is a long ass document uh this is from the flano death uh from patreon.com slash kind of funny games uh she wrote in to say hey y'all hope you're doing well with e3 coming i'm curious I'm curious on your opinions about if the supply slash demand constraints for the new consoles is truly affecting game development and marketing. I've heard a few podcasters say stuff along the lines of if the PS5 were able to get into the hands of more people, such uh, such and such company may be better poised to announce slash release this game. With the PS5 outpacing the sales of the PS4, is this really an issue devs slash publishers are considering, or are we all hyperbolizing the situation because of because of the fact that supply constraints have been a consistent topic in the news since launch? Thanks for your time, uh, Mara. To that, I'd say that I think supply supply demand constraints do have an effect, but I think it's the fact that this generation, more than any previous generation, is going to have a long tail in terms of the transition over i think part of that for playstation specifically part of that is the fact that you can play playstation 4 games on your ps5 right which you haven't been able to do uh uh for ps4 uh ps ps3 to ps4 for for the transition to that console and then you also have the digital uh marketplace meaning that games are easier to get right games are just more available i know the ps ps3 was backwards compatible at launch ps2 was backwards compatible but i think there you had the constraints of hardware uh and and physical gaming this transition into next generation i think is going to be wide not only because of supply constraints and people not being able to get their hands uh on uh the ps5 as much but just because like what is the re if if you're a third-party developer what is the reason not to put your game on ps4 there's not really one because people can get your game on PS5 and play it on PS5. And so you're just you're you're uh putting your game out there for a wider audience. You know, I think for PlayStation selling PlayStation 5s, it's going to take a balance. It's going to be them going, what are the games that are going to uh uh take advantage of the next gen console and display what the hardware can do but then also what are the games that we want our whole audience to experience? Uh and you got to work with those two. Yeah. Andy, what about you? What do you think? It's a it's definitely a weird balance. I wonder how many of these games start off and how many of these projects have began as a next gen experience only, right? Only PS5. We're only going to be working on PS5 if any of them did have to sort of switch gears partway through of the development process. I can't imagine a whole lot of games have done that just because of whatever the technical limitations would be, but it kind of reminds you of the movie business, right? Like just we're going to delay these movies until people can get into theaters. I think the idea that we're going to delay these games until people can actually play them on their consoles, it makes sense to me, you know, um, mm-hmm. until people can can actually buy this console that came out in, what, late October, early November? When did the PS5 come out? You know, it's... Uh, yeah, November, yeah. It's kind of wild, you know? it's It's been about eight months now, so, you know, at any point, hopefully these things become more available, and we could finally put these these games out uh but i think it's just been a 
I think there have been delays from so many different points of development, whether it's making the actual game and COVID issues or whether it's uh, chips being in short supply. Like there's so many different things that are affecting all of these uh, video games trying to come out. So I, I, again, I think it is similar to the movie business. I, I, I think a lot of these developers and publishers are a bit more understanding of what, uh, of putting out games on, we don't want to release this now because it's going to come out and flop because nobody has the damn consoles, you know? That's definitely mm-hmm. something that I think people are worried about. Uh, so Santa Monica Studio uh, tweeted out their statement about the delay. The statement goes like this. Since the release of the next God of War te- teaser last year, we've been humbled by the amount of love our community has shown us. We're incredibly grateful to see so many people excited to experience the next chapter of Kratos and Atreus' journey. We remain focused on delivering a top quality game while maintaining the safety and well-being of our team, creative partners, and families. With this in mind, we've made the decision to shift our release to 2022. Thank you all for the continued support. Uh, we've got some exciting things things in the works uh, that we can't wait to show you. And so it seems like they're actually now putting out the official statements uh, about it. Yeah, this is this uh, this is all very interesting stuff. I'm actually not that I'm not like upset. How can we be surprised? We were literally predicting this for months and months and months, even when it got announced last year. I'm not talking about, yeah, not the delay. I'm talking about like it being specifically cross gen. You know, I'm not Mm, upset. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. I think that's, I think for me, that's fine. I don't think that's going to make God of War Ragnarok any less of a great game. You know, like I, I, I think the only thing, the only thing that comes to mind for me is, okay, cool. It won't be able to take advantage of features that if it was an exclusive PS5 game, you know, like, how would the SSD affect that? How yeah. would like uh, like they're doing with Ra- Ratchet and Clank, you know? Yeah, but also like I think there's also the question of like how much is that stuff really going to matter to like is that going to be the end all be all for it? You know, like right. is God of War for the that God of War 2018 that we got on the PS4 is that not a 10 out of 10 game that came out on the PS4? Right? Like it, if 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 the game is still somewhat quote unquote limited by the constraints of previous hardware yeah is that go- is that not is that mm-hmm. going to keep it from being great i don't think that's the case and i, and I, I don't, you like, gonna, I don't like necessarily art... need dimension like jumping between dimensions in god of war mm-hmm. Ragnarok and, uh, sort of yeah, but like also another example and i know like uh you hate it when people bring up this game because you hate this game even like though miles <laughs> morales was cross-gen like seeing it. that perform mm-hmm. on ps5 was fucking fantastic and so it, again we'll like we'll get little tidbit we'll get like little things for ps5 owners of like making god of war ragnarok uh like uh, technically more enhanced and stuff like that but yeah i agree with you of like uh, uh, just because it might be limited because it's cross-gen i don't I, I, like i trust that team and making what what they want and limited make, so limited doesn't even feel like the right word right like are you limited by making a game for hardware that you just put out a game on right like like god of war ragnarok is going to be a sequel to god of war 2018 and so like if 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 that's the case right if god of war 2018 was great on the ps4 why can't god of war ragnarok also be great on the ps4 especially when you're going to get a current gen version or a new gen version that is going to look better and is going to probably run better and still take advantage of the new of the new hardware in the same ways that a got a um spider-man miles morales did on the ps5 i think it's fine i'm not too, too worried about it if you're a human being who loves to treat your eyes you know i think we all put on that horizon forbidden west trailer in 4k on the tv and it was just as stunning as any other next gen game that we've seen beyond video so I, I you know i think yeah i think it's one of those um if you're not going to go see 
like were you really only going to go see the new Fast and Furious movie because you could sit in the seats that vibrate? Yeah, you know, like exactly. Like, no, you were going to go see it because you like the franchise regardless. Um, and I think that's just a, a gigantic oversimplification of it. But like, yeah. I think we're played because it's the sequel and it's going to look nice. And we played Miles Morales, and that shit looked insane. And yeah, like I, I mean, another another example I'll pull in too is Days Gone, where that's a game that. I started playing on my PS5 for the PS Love You book club, hashtag PSC played this. And I was blown away by how good that game runs on PS5. I was like, shit, dude, this looks beautiful. Like the world uh, has a lot of detail. Like the actual next gen upgrades that they've added for this game look amazing. Uh, And that is still, that is a PS4 game running on a PS5. And so, yeah, I'm not, again, I'm not too worried about it. I do want to pull in some more details from Nibel because as uh, the PS blog post went up, right, it's a long ass Q&A. And so it's so hard to sift through it while we're live on air and figure out all the details and intricacies uh, of it. Uh, Nibel added in this, uh, some more details from the Herman Holst interview. Ben Studio is working on a new IP based on the open world systems of Days Gone. Speaking of Days Gone, uh, Sony will will further invest in the PC gaming space. And then Team Asobi, who you know from Astrobot, uh, they're being expanded and are building a franchise for all ages with global appeal. Hell yeah. Uh, which I like all those things, right? You know, I want to see Ben Studio continue to be Ben Studio and work on uh, new projects. Uh, Sony further investing in the PC gaming space, I think is smart. I want to I want to see more come out of that because I think the things they've done so far with putting games on PC uh, has been awesome. You know, you see people uh, uh, running PlayStation games at like max specs and doing fucking crazy shit with them, and I love to see it. And so, and also that it opens up games to being uh, experienced by more people. And so, shout out to that. And then, yeah, Team Asobi, we all love. They're super talented from Astrobot, uh, Astrobot Rescue Mission, and Astro's Playroom. And so, for them uh, working on a quote unquote franchise for all ages and global appeal, I <laughs> I want to know more because they don't say new IP, they don't say new franchise. They just said they are building a franchise for all ages with global building appeal. up Astrobot, baby. Yeah, what could very could well be that? Astrobot. It's gotta be that. I on a recent PS I love you, I suggested to give them like uh, Jack and Daxter or Sly or like a a a uh, dormant platform IP platformer IP that people love um maybe it could be that but them saying building makes me think brave IP fence or musashi book it brave fence or musashi i love that book it i absolutely love that dark cloud give somebody dark cloud that dark cloud was like one of the games that i you just wanted to rent because of the cover like this is going to be some sort of journey that i'm not prepared for my eight-year-old brain is not prepared for this or however old i was Mm mm-hmm Dark Cloud was great. I want. I, I. I do think if they brought back Dark Cloud, that shit could be a banger because Dark Cloud is basically just a fucking roguelite mixed with Animal Crossing. And if there's anything that people love in 2021, it's roguelites and Animal Crossing. Bring back Dark Cloud. But enough about Dark Cloud. I should <laughs> tell you, Patreon.com/slash/KindOfFunnyGames, where you can go and get this show ad free. But guess what? You didn't. You're listening to the non-ad free version of this show, and so let us tell you about our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by DoorDash. Did you forget that one thing at the store? Now you can get snacks, drinks, and household essentials in 30 minutes with DoorDash. Dinner? 
check. Deodorant, check. Morning pick-me-up from Duncan, check. Get everything you need whenever you need it with DoorDash. You want Chinese, they want pizza, and someone is craving Froyo. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash connects you with the restaurants you love right now and right to your door. And now you can get the grocery essentials you need with DoorDash to get drinks, snacks, and other household items delivered to you in under an hour. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want, where you want it from, and your items will be left safely outside your door with the contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Australia, and now Canada, you can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose from local national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, and Cheesecake Factory. How do I, Greg Miller, know so much about DoorDash? Well, I use DoorDash all the time. In fact, I used it this morning. Jen woke up uh, and was like, you know what? I really want a bagel. We ordered bagels here. I'm, I'm using the Dash Pass, so I don't even pay for delivery fees, but that's not even what they want me to talk about in this ad. They just want you to know that DoorDash is rad, and I can confirm, because I'm Greg Miller, and I ate bagels with it today. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code GAMES2021. For our Canadian listeners, use the code GAMESCA. That's 25% off, up to a $10 value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code GAMES2021 in the U.S. and GAMESCA in Canada. Don't forget, that's code GAMES2021 and GAMESCA for 25% off your first order with DoorDash, subject to change terms apply. Our next sponsor, ladies and gentlemen, why it is Magic Spoon. Guess what? When you were growing up, you probably loved cereal. You said yum, yum, yum as you put it in your tum, tum, tum. But then you became an adult and you started looking at all the stuff that's in cereal. You started looking at all the nutritional values and you said, no, this is all sugary garbage and I won't have it. Well, don't worry about that anymore. Magic Spoon is here to save the day. You can cut down on the carbs, the sugar, the unhealthy food, all with Magic Spoon. Zero grams of sugar, 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Also, only 140 characters. You can try Magic Spoon's best-selling flavors in a four-flavor variety pack, including cocoa, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. So so cocoa, which is chocolate, but not chocolate. Uh, Fruity, frosted, peanut butter. Why do we know so much about these flavors? Well, it's because Gia's friend has been using uh, uh, Magic Spoon, and she has been enjoying it. She says it's delicious. She likes, uh, I believe, fruity the best is what she said, and I sound like I would like that one too, because that sounds like my kind of flavor. You've heard my stories of me eating cereal dry out of a cup. I don't know. You want to put milk on your Magic Spoon? That's your own business. Greg Miller just gonna he's, I'm gonna eat it raw when I get it just right into the cup right into my mouth let me taste all the fruity flavors it's keto friendly gluten free grain free soy free low carb and GMO free click the link below to grab a variety pack and try it today and be sure to use the promo code KFGD at checkout to get 5% off any order or go to magicspoon.com slash KFGD that's right audio listeners I'm not gonna leave you out leave you in the lurch you're in a car right now magicspoon.com slash kfgd don't worry about the link below and magic spoon is so confident in their product it's backed by a 100 happiness guarantee so if you don't like it for any reason they'll refund 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 your money no questions asked so click the link below and use the code kfgd for five dollars off or go to magicspoon.com slash kfgd to save five dollars today Story number four, Andy. We have one more Nintendo story to cover. Nintendo is opening up a museum. This is Marie D'Alessandri at GamesIndustry.biz. 
Nintendo has announced plans to open a museum dedicated to its history in Uji, a city on the outskirt of Kyoto, Japan. The project, presented under the tentative name Nintendo Gallery, is expected to, com- to be completed during the-, the company's 2023 fiscal year, ending March 2024. The gallery, gallery will be established in Nintendo's Uji Ogura plant, uh, which will be fully renovated to accommodate for its new function. Initially built in 1969, the factory was originally used to manufacture playing cards and was also a customer service center for product repairs. It stopped operating in 2016. In its announcement, Nintendo says the museum aims at sharing Nintendo's product development history and philosophy with the public. It's really cool. That sounds dope as hell. I think so by the end of March 2024, apparently, because here's the thing, Bless, I'm running out of time to have a kid, right? Um, I think it's got to happen now. Is that how that works? Well, it's because I want to take the kid out there for the grand opening. And I feel like if okay. they're too young, they won't remember oh, okay. shit. Okay. So that, like, if I have the kid now, what they'll be like four years old, three years old by the time it opens that the that the place is open. Barrett. It might be and one of their very first memories. Bless it could be a very baby. first memory. I could be that could be an awesome first, first memory. memory. Yeah, that'd be yeah. a really good first memory. Absolutely. My first memory was um, just being in a car, and that was fucking lame. You know, Andy. Oh, Andy, really? That's weird. What's up, Greg? Andy. Hey, Greg. Do you want to be the cool uncle to little Greg? Uh, yes. Small Greg. Do you Let's want to be go- the cool uncle? Oh, shit. Let's go to this museum because Greg knows that l- the, the last time we went to the Nintendo Museum in New York, y- you can't drag me or not museum, but the store, just the Nintendo store. You can't drag me away from that place. I can be in that place and walk around and look at the same shit all day because it's just so fun and it feels good to be there. Sure. And I, I can't wait to see what this looks like, Greg. All right. I think I think we got a plan here. We all go over there together. Mm. You take small Greg over there to the museum. I work on making small gen. That's how it works. Oh, wow. okay. Oh, oh right. wow. Uh, <laughs> okay, so Spartan in the chat says, he's... new Patreon goal, Andy has a kid. Hey, we can make it happen, everybody. We can make it happen. We just got to, like, also raise money for somebody who's going to want to take care of it because I got a lot of stuff happening. Mm, he, you're busy that day. I'll say, dude, I'll, <laughs> like, I'll babysit your kid and take the kid to the museum if you, if you need like, me to do that. The baby's being born, like, ah, man, I got a lot of stuff happening that day. <laughs> Like, oh shit, I'm busy. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta fucking I gotta, worst. I gotta stream on twitch.tv slash Cortez. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm totally down. This this sounds super awesome. I can't wait for this. I I I'm still heartbroken that we didn't get to go to the Nintendo theme park uh because of quarantine. Uh and I know I think that opened in March, but I think it closed again because of COVID cases spiking uh back up in Japan. But one day. We're, one day we're going to go, we're going to do the whole tour. We're going to go to the Nintendo theme park. We're going to go to the Nintendo museum. And then we're going to go to Nintendo. It's gonna Miyamoto, be drag us around. Um, I mean, d- dude, I remember seeing that video of the kind of, here's what you could do at Nintendo theme park or N- Nintendo land or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Miyamoto is sort of the host of, of this little journey, this little uh, tour. And you're like just touching all these blocks, and it's like, oh my god, this is just COVID all over the place. Like, oh yeah, it's <laughs> so much made it interactive with touch and everything. It just looks like a yeah. bad, bad idea. God, uh, speaking of an idea that could be good or bad, and Andy, I'm going to need your input on this one. Story number five: Valorant is getting a mobile spinoff. This is Andrew Webster at The Verge. Riot is bringing its tactical shooter, Valorant, to mobile devices. There aren't a lot of details yet, such as when it'll launch on what hardware or how it'll differ from the main game. But Riot says the new version will simply be called Valorant Mobile. 
The developer claims that the PC version of the game, which launched last year, currently averages 14 million monthly players. Valorant is also coming off of its biggest competitive tournament to date, with an Ooh. event and an, an event in Iceland. Uh, and Riot says that more than one million concurrent viewers tuned in to the finals on May 31st. The news shouldn't be too surprising. Earlier this year, Riot made a similar move with League of Legends, launching a mobile-focused spinoff called Wild Rift. Meanwhile, some of the most popular shooters in the world have moved to smartphones as well. PUBG Mobile and Call of Duty Mobile are both huge hits, and a smartphone iteration of Apex Legends is also on the way. It also sounds like Riot is looking to build out Valorant in other ways. Without getting into details, aside from the mobile version, the developer says that it, it is, quote, preparing to expand the franchise in order to bring Valorant to more players around the world. Again, this would be following the League of Legends playbook, which currently has expanded into everything from comic books to digital card games to an upcoming animated, animated series on Netflix. Andy Cortez, I want to know from you two things. One, are, are you excited for a mobile spinoff? What do you expect from a mobile spinoff? But then also, I want to end up talking about uh, the idea of them expanding Valorant uh, into more things and what that looks like. But starting off with a mobile version, Andy, where are you at with that? It's not surprising, again, with, like you just mentioned, with Wild Rift being a, a pretty big success. I know my boy Tucker, who I often play games with, is like, I don't care about League of Legends on PC, but I like Wild Rift on mobile because it's just a different it's a different way to consume that media. Um, I, I'm really concerned about how Valorant mobile looks because Valorant is such a precise, you need a keyboard and mouse. You, um, it, it, it's so like pixel perfect in everything that it does. It, it, they are always talking about their 128 tick servers and how the game runs smoothly on so many different devices and, it has to be like precise in everything that it does. And so I don't know if they are going to just let you play with a controller. I don't know if it's going to be because you can't play with a controller on PC. That's just mm -hmm. something you cannot do. Um, but you do so on Call of Duty Mobile. People play controller on Call of Duty Mobile all the time. Um, I'm not sure about PUBG. I'm assuming you use a keyboard or you use controller for that as well. It's It's a weird idea that I am interested and fascinated to see exactly what happens with the mobile product um but i'm stoked for valorant to hopefully get more uh media in terms of you know animations and things like that they just at their recent tournament like you just mentioned in iceland they debuted a new uh animated short um sort of introducing more lore and more story to it and of course their animation style you know the studios that they hire are just it, they're incomparable to so many other studios. It's gorgeous. It's cool as hell. It's slick, stylish. And I'm excited to explore that world more. And I thought I really only wanted to do that with Overwatch. And it turns out Valorant is kind of exciting as well. And these characters are really neat. So I'm stoked for wherever this goes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you in terms of the mobile version. Like, I'm very curious to see how they do it because Valorant is a game that I associate with precision aim and mouse and keyboard we don't we do not have console versions of valorant for a reason right and i've yeah. always assumed that reason is because they see it as this hardcore counter-strike like game where you want to have have it be pixel perfect you want to have it be frame perfect you want to have give people that equal playing field in that precision and so if they're going to make a mobile version you imagine that maybe it's retooled in some way or scaled back in some way that makes it way more like way more of a casual experience but i wonder 
Andy, in your opinion, since you play uh, a lot of Valorant, like, do you think them making a more casual version of Valorant for mobile trips what strips away what makes Valorant special? Do you think it loses itself doing that? No, I think they need to make it a more casual experience to get even more of an audience. I think the game's super popular as it is, uh, especially because you can play it on so many machines. It isn't, you're not hardware uh, stuck to, you know, oh, I have this six-year-old, you know, Dell Alienware computer that my dad gave me and it doesn't really run the new game. No, like Valorant could run anywhere and that's kind of the point. I think it needs to be more casual experience in terms of gameplay because a lot of people can be turned off by it. And I think if you make a mobile version that is maybe a bit more arcadey, um, we've seen a couple of their arcadey sort of um, LTMs or limited time modes. Mm. We've seen some of those hit the PC version and some are popular, some aren't. You know, some come and go and players don't really care about it. They'll just go right back into unrated or playing competitive. I think the game needs to be a bit more casual and I think it needs to be a bit more arcadey. You know, when we talk about Call of Duty Mobile, I've seen a lot of friends of mine do sponsored streams for Call of Duty Mobile, and they're playing, they'll still play keyboard mouse, but through the phone app. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I have so many questions as to what this even looks like. Is it just a, is it a deathmatch mode? Are they going to try to do the tactical sort of, you know, plant the spike and 6v or 5v5? What, what exactly does it look yeah. like? I, I don't think it takes away the magic of the PC version because I think they are going to, stand alone i think they're going to differentiate themselves quite a bit yeah um, like you imagine this will be it'll be titled valorant colon something you know in the way that you have yeah. the league of legends thing being called wild rift they'll call oh they'll for call sure Val, like i think it'll be even called something different than valorant mobile you know i think it would be something more along the lines of like valorant plant or valorant like whatever the mode they'll have be, a cool valorant name for it match or something like that but i like the idea of that hopefully maybe it is one single uh right account and you are gathering oh, XP yeah. to go towards your either your battle pass for the entire game. Does it, maybe it shares one battle pass, and that's how you level up and unlock, you know, the new gun skins or whatever. It's mm -hmm. it's a fascinating proposition, and I'm I, I'm very curious to see exactly where they take it. But it is there. It is the one year anniversary of Valorant, so they did release a lot of stuff today. Um, the night market is coming back. The night market is sort of this way to get uh, cheaper gun skins that are rare. Um, they, they are also uh, letting you and your friends do sort of this double XP week, it seems like. Um, so they're, they're doing a lot of events this whole month leading through, I guess, the end of July for their, their one-year anniversary. God, it's been mm -hmm. one year. It's been one year, but I remember some Valorant, man. We've only played bless. it once, and I was I digging to. it the first time. I was getting I destroyed, to. but I was digging it. I play with Tamar Hussein a lot. Um, unfortunately for Tam, he is back home in the UK, and his connection is not great playing on American servers. Mm -hmm. But we still have a fun time. It's a great game. And last year, I tweeted out, um, you know, that Valorant was number one on my list of games I wish I was good at, but I'm not. I would have never thought in a million years I'd go back to Valorant, but I, I find myself improving and it's addicting to kind of chase that the high of getting better at this game. And yeah, I, I think I, I think you and me team up less. We do a couple streams resident evil tomorrow. No way. We'll put that off for a couple months. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, I, 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 like, we've never, I'm we've not done the that calendar. Yet, so people Andy, will understand. I'm, I'm looking at the calendar and it, 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 it already somewhere. says that um, it's resident evil this week and I don't think we can change it. 
There's no way to change. No, we can that. change uh, it. No, there's yeah. an, there's an edit button. No, it's, yeah, once it's written down, it's though. it's solidified. So really, no, we, wow. change, we change things all the time. No, that's mm. not true. We, we, can do it, we yeah. always plan everything and uh, everything that we plan right now, kind of right funny, now on Friday always on, happens. On Friday, on Friday it says party mode uh, surprise revival. And wow. we can, I'm changing that right now. I'm going to change that. Canceling it to cancel. <laughs> <laughs> Regular stream day is what I'm changing that to. Okay, there, you there you go. There you go. We're a bunch of assholes. Easy. Story number six, No Man's Sky is getting another cool update. Uh, this time it's called Prisms. This is Cat Bailey at IGN. Uh, and and uh, Bear, as I'm reading through this you one, you don't can play ha- the trailer I'm not Kevin. Background. I, I, I'm, I'm, hey, man. I'm paying attention. Remember don't that worry. one time? Remember that one time I put a trailer in there? Again, you, you put know? in the trailer like literally one second before we started the show, so I didn't see it. Why it does every No Man's Sky subtitle sound like the coolest progressive metal album? Like they're, they're oh, yeah. everything they do is cool now. Excellent. You know what I mean? Like Prisms just sounds so sick. Like I can't, I can't wait to listen to this concept album that's going to talk about you know the dawn of man and the future of society it sounds cool as hell oh yeah this is cat billy at ign uh the galaxy will soon be much prettier courtesy of a substantial free update hello games is releasing for no man's sky the new prisms update will overhaul virtually every aspect of no man's sky's visuals and effect and the effect is spectacular Highlights include new weather effects, a night sky shining with uh the light of thousands of stars, and rideable beetles, worms, and butterflies. Hello Games is also introducing new hyperdrive warp effects and more exotic caves. The patch notes are extensive, covering not just the visual improvements, but a host of quality life improvements. They're definitely worth a read in order to get a feel for the full scope of No Man's Sky, No Man's No Man's Sky's improvements. That's interesting. In the article, they do they they when they say No Man's Sky's improvements, they, they use like the plural it. version of Sky yeah. instead of Sky apostrophe s. It's a very interesting way to do it. This is No Man's Sky's so, third update. Like the, it's uh, the wrong for 2021. way to do 2021. <laughs> yeah, I think it is the wrong way to do it. This is the no this is No Man's Sky's third major update of 2021, following on from Companions in February and Expeditions in April. It is primarily geared toward its next gen effect, uh, with Xbox Series X and PS5 players finding more detailed reflections, improving lighting, and other enhancements. PC players will be able to take take advantage of DLSS and enhanced frame rates. Uh, this looks hot. This looks Gosh, great. I just wish that I could clone myself, dedicate, and the clone would just dedicate time to playing No Man's Sky. Because every time a new update comes out, I say, oh, am I going to ba- go back to No Man's Sky? I never do, but I always mm-hmm. want to. I just know that it's going to be a time sink. I'm going to hop in, be super confused with what the hell's happening. What do these bubbles do? Are they poisonous? Um, how about this tree? Can I maybe pick a papaya from it? Like, uh, There's a lot of questions that go into what happens in No Man's Sky. But it always looks dope as hell. It's always gorgeous. It keeps on getting better and better. I, That's, I it breaks my heart that I just don't really have time for this. Plus, what breaks my heart is that No Man's Sky looks so fucking dope. And I tried to jump into it uh, about a couple years uh, ago. Now, when they when they put out Next, I tried jumping into it. I was just like, yeah, this ain't for me. But whenever they put on a new update, I'm like, fuck, I want to go back and try it again because yeah. it continues to look cool. And everything else, every single thing they say about it, I'm like, shit. This seems awesome. You know, all, all of the, the visual stuff they're out of here seems awesome. The fact that they've gone from what that game was at launch to what it is now, and it, it seems like they've gotten, they've gotten way past the point of 
turning it into a good game and now just putting out updates for free and making it shine and making it even better and better that blows me away andy over on the playstation blog they got a whole blog post detailing um a lot of the different inclusions that they made for for this and andy i know you have a background in video game development and you know what a lot of the buzz terms are and so i need you i need your feedback on some of these because i want to okay. know uh, from andy cortez i can break like, it all down for you yeah let me know yeah so they talked about volumetric lighting is that exciting very very cool stuff yeah you love seeing oh, some yeah. biometric lighting i'm looking down and i'm seeing parallax occlusion map occlusion mapping which is yeah, a, an, an extra level of detail bless wow. so uh parallax mapping it's like sure you might see the rock kind of be brittle and stuff but when you get super super up close to it it's got the tiniest of little like little rivets in it you're like oh that's a nice little oh, parallax wow. map uh wow. we got ssr screen space reflections uh, th you gotta love you're, SSR. You're seeing all that uh, throughout all these little star bases that they're inside of. Whenever you see the the reflections of, it's not ray tracing. It's not ray tracing. A lot of times mm -hmm. people might see reflections in games and think, "Oh, this game must have ray tracing." No, no, no. It's screen space reflections. It renders what's on the screen and what's on the screen only. And if you look down, suddenly that thing isn't reflecting on the ground anymore because you're not looking at it directly anymore. Mm -hmm. Can you tell? Can you tell me about refractions? You know, here they talk about new lighting technology brings refractions to No Man's Sky. The new effects can be seen all over the universe, including on glass, glass base parts, uh, starship cockpits, force fields, and more. Does that get you, get you excited? Refractions, you know, bless. When we talk about refractions, we're talking more of uh, the people that work in in the shader tech. You know, there's always the mm -hmm. tech people that are like, yeah, I'm kind of into art too, and I'm really good at programming uh andy check out this new shader i made and i'm like damn that looks dope can i put that on one of my one of my objects and they're like yeah take this shader andy i made it for you and those are the people that are the real brains of the operation i'm the doofus i i just made 3d models but the people with the shaders when you'd be like what if the green part right here bless like emitted a kind of smoke and you'd be like oh dude i could do that for you right there like those are the oh, smart yeah. ass people i i was not the smart person bless. hell yeah Dude, yeah this is super awesome again like somebody in chat mentioned this and i'm gonna i'll repeat it here too that like this game doesn't have microtransactions you know they're not making uh post-launch money off of this game you know like they're making they're making uh money off of the sales of copies and that seems to be it for the most part and the fact that they're continuing to update this game like this with free updates is mind-blowing um and that brings in a question i'm gonna bring in a question from Pe uh pete tropolis from patreon.com so it's kind of funny games it's a longer question and so i'm gonna pare it down to pretty much this with the five-year anniversary of no man's sky coming up in august do you think we're going to see any announcements from them maybe even during e3 or do you think after what happened with the release of no man's sky we're still way off from hearing anything and hello games is likely to stay silent until the next game is ready andy eventually hello games has to put out a new game we, we did get the indie release from them uh, late last year, but you imagine that they're working on something bigger, better, and greater. When do you think we see it? Do, do we, though? Like, do we imagine that they are working? Like, what if they become, what if they are the No Man's Sky studio and these small indie titles just sort of help fuel and fund the future of No Man's Sky? Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they do come up with new ways to monetize in the future, um, but yeah, I don't know, Bless. I don't I don't know if they do come up with something even bigger than No Man's Sky. I think the project is they're finally getting the project to a place. Well, not finally, but they have gotten the project to a place where they think it's a damn it's damn worthy of your $60. And there are a lot of there's a big pool of of um, of gamers out there that really want that sort of content. They want that game. They want 
they want the star citizen. They want the um, I'm trying to think of that other sort of space sim game that I, that's not coming to mind right now. Massive but, effect. No, definitely not that one. Definitely not that one. Um, but I mean, like, I think that they are just showing a lot of people that want that really deep space sim to say, look, look what we're doing. We're still trying our hard. Uh, we're still trying really, really hard on this video game. It's kicking ass. Come over here. Why don't you give us a shot? Elite Dangerous is the game I was trying to think of. Um, you know, what if we could be that game for you? So I don't know if they are making a brand new game. I don't, I see if they keep releasing stuff for No Man's Sky, maybe they are just the No Man's Sky studio. They did, they, uh, so, uh, Sean Murray did hint toward a bigger, uh, game in a interview with Polygon. uh, I'll take everything back then. (laughs) Late late last year. But like, you know, like nothing's ever a given, right? Like, uh, develop game development is game development. So anything can change, but he talked about, uh, the idea of putting out, the next no man's sky sized game quote unquote and he was talking about basically coming off of the release of the last the last campfire um which was a smaller release and uh a lot of people like the last ca- campfire cute. uh the, they talked about how that's not the the last game that hello games uh is working on um i'm trying to find the exact quote this is Rush, Russ Frushtick over at Polygon. Last week, Sean Murray, the studio's founder, spoke with Polygon about the team's desire to keep making new, non-sequelized projects, including a title Murray describes as a huge, ambition ga- ambitious game like No Man's Sky. So he's not not necessarily said that like you know they're deep into working on it, but the idea that they want to, they want to do, they want to do something like that. And to the question, I'd say they're probably not going to announce it until it is imminent on release. Oh yeah, they they yeah. Weren't. You know, like I do not think we'll see it anytime soon. I think after the lead up to No Man's Sky, they understand the idea of hype and how hype can be damaging, especially when you don't want to spill the secrets on how the game works. That's the trouble they got into with No Man's Sky, where you have Sean Murray going on talk shows and him being asked, like, so uh, is there multiplayer? Can you see other players? And Sean Murray basically being like, uh, you know, I don't, can you? (laughs) Like, he's him not giving straight answers and that leading to disappointment of people realizing that. Oh shit! This is not what we expected to be. This is not I, what we wanted. I think the best thing about this is that you got you know that publishers are aware of that as well, and mm-hmm. whoever you know, Last Campfire was a multi-platform game. Um, but I I like the idea that everybody kind of looks at Hello Games and understands the struggle that they went through and all of the hate that they got for that year or whatever it was that it took to come out with a second update or even news that they were still trying to work and fix fix things. So I think that I think there's sort of this agreement of look, we're not going to talk about anything until we know anything and we're not going to even make mention that a game is ready if it's not. So trust us there. We have the goodwill of the people. We've we've fought and we want it back. So just let us do our thing and more power to Sean Murray and the team. We got two more news stories. These are both going to be quick hits. Uh, story number seven. This is just one to look out for. A new RPG from former Shin Megami Tensei devs is incoming. This is Matt Perso at IGN. A quote, new school RPG, end quote, developed by former Shin Megami Tensei staff will reportedly be announced next month. As noted by Twitter user Nibel, the Famitsu website has listed four developers attached to the current project. Kazunari Suzuku, a creator. Aya Nishitani, a creator. Ryutaro Ito, a writer, and Tsukasa Masako, uh, the composer. Additionally, a logo with the word Monarch has been shared. This could perhaps be the name of the game, a code name, or some other reference. However, a website, monarchgame.com, that currently display- displays a countdown, suggests we'll find out the significance of Monarch on June 
10th. So be on the lookout for that if you're looking for a new game from Shin Megami Tensei devs. I have a news story I'm going to throw in there really, really fast as well. I saw this tweet uh, when I went to go to the restroom at around 3.40 in the morning. So this is a tweet that probably got lost. But VGC underscore news on Twitter tweeted out that a Steam beta has been listed for Platinum Games' elusive Square Enix action game Babylon's Fall. No way. Babylon's Fall uh, hasn't been shown publicly since 2019. This is not... No, this is not the Souls one. This seems... Yeah. This is the... This is the one they revealed like a few years ago. Yeah, that we never got it has not been shown since 2019. Uh, but as spotted by Gamatsu, this is a, a story written by Andy Robinson of VGC. As spotted by Gamatsu, a closed beta test listing for a long in-development title was seemingly uploaded to Steam on Tuesday. Square Enix recently confirmed it would make an announcements as part of EA of E3 2021 this year, which could potentially include a long-promised update on Babylon's fall. And uh, the tweet from no Gamatu says, not sure if legit, but Babylon's Fall closed beta test just popped up on Steam DB. And uh, it looks to be Dude, fairly that happening. That happening around E3 time, that doesn't seem like a mistake to me. And that makes me very excited because I want more out of Babylon's Fall. I want to see what that game is because it looks like it could be really dope. That's hype. That's awesome. Yep. Uh, and then the last one for a kick, uh, quick hit, uh, story number eight, King of Fighters 15 is delayed. This is tweeted out by SNK Global this morning uh, at SNKP official. When I say this morning, I mean last night, actually. Uh, announcement, due to rising cases of COVID-19 within Japan, the development timeline for King of Fighters 15 was adjusted, with the release window changing from 2021 to Q1 2022. We apologize and thank you for your understanding and patience. You hate to see it, but take your time. Make sure that game is great, and we'll see you next year, King of Fighters. Andy, super excited uh, to play some fighting games, but the release of this fighting game is just so far away. If I went to coming out to Mom and Grab Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Speaking of fighting games, I was playing Virtual Fighter 5 Ultimate Edition because that came out yesterday on PS Plus. Let me tell you, that game's a good time. I've been I've been watching a lot of Maximilian on Twitch play that game, and it looks it looks like a blast. Yeah, check that out if you have PS Plus. Also, check out Operation Tango, which is a really good time uh, if you're looking for a co-op game. That one is actually a very good one, a very fun one to play with friends. Out today, we got Hako Life for PC, Sludge Life for Switch. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Every day, today's menu for the Amaya family for Switch, Bunny Factory for Xbox One and PC, Dungeon Escape for Switch, <laughs> Find 10 Differences for Switch, Grand Slam Tennis for Switch, and then 2K announced a new apparel collaboration with global sports company Puma to introduce the latest edition of the Court Rider sneaker line in NBA 2K21, the Puma Court Rider 2K. Part of the Puma 2K collection, the new shoe is available in-game before retail and features a show-stopping design of vibrant colors and playful vibes that are perfect for players hooping in the NBA 2K21 city or 2K beach. Oh, oh there's a beach now? Mike isn't even there yet. Stonebike Mike hasn't even been called up to the beach or to the city. Wow. He's still stuck wow. in the little area with all the noobs. He's still in the neighborhood. Yeah. Damn. Uh, also, today, we got a PUBG update 12.1. Uh, that brings with it a remaster of Miramar. Uh, also, we got Skyforge that releases... Hold on, let me see. Let me just read this verbatim. Skyforge releases Free Hunters of Terra update on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X slash S, and PC. And then from Joe Scrubbles at IGN, Inkle, uh, creator of 80, 80 Days in Heaven's Vault, uh, has surprise released 
Overboard, a new narrative murder mystery game in which you play the murderer trying to get away with the crime. It's out today for Nintendo Switch, PC, and iOS. That sounds dope. I saw Rebecca Valentine tweeting about it, being very excited about it. And so that yeah. might be one you want to keep an, an eye out for. Yeah, apparently their um, previous games were actually pretty good. And so hmm. that interests you. Boom. There you go. Check it out. New dates for you. Hashtag. Uh, Andy, would you pronounce it Nason or Nacon? This is Nacon. I can go with Nacon. Nacon. Hashtag Nacon Connect is back on July 6th, 2021. With new gameplay, exciting announcements, special guests, and epic collaborations. Ghost Runner for Xbox Series X uh, and PS5 launches on sep- sep- uh, September 28th. Uh, it's a free upgrade for current owners of the game. Uh, that's coming with 4K at 120 FPS, ray tracing mode, 3D audio, and haptic feedback on the PS5. And then, and then Garbage, the fighting simulator game with management and building elements, is set to release on June 4th on Steam. Three different genres. <laughs> Yeah, man. It's all over. Like the out today slash new days section is very all over the place. Very all over the place. Deals of the day for you. Uh, Amazon Prime for a limited time. Prime members can immerse themselves in Battlefield 4, available free for Prime Gaming. Uh, The regular price being $20. Uh, You can do that from June 1st until June 20th. Prime members can claim one game code redeemable on Origin for the Battlefield 4 Standard Edition. And then Greg has a note here that says, remember, if you have Amazon Prime, you have Prime Gaming, which gives you a free 30-day sub to the Twitch channel of your choice. We know we know how many of you listen on podcasts. Remember to kick us a sub when you're off the road. Thank you, Greg. Pull Andy. over right now. Pull over right now. Go to twitch.tv slash the Andy Cortez. And uh, you have to say, oh, twist. Oh, wow. A twist. Holy oh, shit. wow. Oh, man. Uh, it's time to squat up. Joshua Fennis uh, writes in with a squat up on Xbox Series X and says, I'm a new father to the most wonderful little girl named Joy Anna, and I'm looking for some people who are in somewhat the stage, uh, same stage of life as I am. I have to go AFK at random times, and I'm looking for people who would be okay with that, okay with that, even if it loses the game. Just looking for some chill dads, wanting to kill grunts in Halo, score TDs in Madden, and anything in between. If you want to play with Joshua Fennis on Xbox Series X, you can add them with the username JJ21 on Xbox 360. Or is that JJ21 space Xbox 360? I can't I think tell. that's the full name. I think that's the full yeah. name. JJ21 okay. space yeah. Xbox 360. JJ21 space Xbox 360. Yeah, I had to read that a few times because I was like, wait, are they squatting up on Xbox 360? Yeah. What's going on here? Damn, that's wild. It's a, it's a wild using, squat up right they're using, there. They're using the little uh, Wi-Fi adapter that you get, the little one thing antenna oh, that shit. sticks out. Damn, it's wild. Tomorrow's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily are Greg and Tim. Of course, now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in lists of what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash games and on podcast services around the globe. A lot of your wrongs for yesterday. Uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Ignacio Rojas writes in to say it's pronounced Arceus. Here's what I'll say. Yesterday, I was curious, and so I Googled it. Google pronounced it Arceus. And so I believe none of you. I will accept, the, I will accept no more pronunciation. What did the Pokemon there's a, say? The, the, I will when accept they, no when... more corrections about Arceus, 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 however it's pronounced. I will say this. I think Tim first said Arceus. And then the lady who was announcing it, or the dude, or whatever it was on the Nintendo, the thing. the first reveal said Arceus, 
And I think we all looked at mm-hmm. Tim and I was like, Tim, this is kind of awkward for you. Yeah, no. I know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that should have been like if, if Tim was saying Arceus, we should have. He hasn't gotten off. He hasn't even gotten over it yet. No. Yeah. He doesn't know uh, Pokemon. Carl with a K says, don't know if you covered this, but God of War and Gran Turismo are also confirmed cross Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> yes, we did. We did cover that. Let the we episode did. go on before you do stuff like that. Come on. Come on. Remember, if you want to write in with your questions, we have a place for that. Patreon.com says kind of funny games. Uh, uh, and then, I mean, Andy, Andy, people have No Man's Sky suggestion for you if you want to check that out. If you're interested in actually jumping in, people are saying that you should go check out uh, certain things like Expeditions Mode and stuff. Uh, and so I'll leave that to you to go check out. But for now, we're about to go into a Twitch stream. If you're watching this live on Twitch, after this, it's Snow Michael Michael playing some of them video games. Barrett, do you have any idea what Mike is playing after this? None whatsoever. I think I think him and Nick are going to show people how to use After Effects for a bit. Oh, Nick well, is exciting. Nick is going to do a little tutorial, I believe. Cool, cool. And then yeah, probably play out. Warzone when Nick gets bored. Mm-hmm. Right after this, twitch.tv slash games is where you can go to check that out. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games daily each and every week at 10 a.m. live right uh, right here on twitch.tv slash games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. <laughs>